Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lindner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Poon School of Law at King's, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Kai Cherry. Kai graduated with a degree in law from King's in 2021. He is currently completing the accelerated LPC at the University of Law before joining global law firm DLA Piper as a trainee solicitor in August 2022. During his time at King's, Kai took part in the Media Freedom Project. He is also a blogger and a podcast host himself of Law According to a King. After completing the LPC in early 2022, Kai is planning on studying for the New York Bar. Welcome, Kai. It's great to have you on board our podcast. Thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's very great to have people who've just left King's. And I know you're busy with the LPC at the moment, but hopefully King's isn't too far away uh, memory. Um, And I'm really keen to understand from you what factors influence your decision to actually study law at King's in the first place? Um, I mean, I thought law was always just, it always felt like what I was going to end up doing. Um, Ever since I watched Ali McBeal when I was a kid, um, I just fell in love with it. And um, so then it was just a matter of like where to apply. And obviously King's has such a great international reputation. Um, There's lots of opportunities there and it's in like the middle of London. So coming from the middle of the countryside, it felt like a nice change. So yeah, very happy that I did study at King's. Great, lovely. And as I said, it sounds like you um, had a good experience there overall. But, you know, with that time at King's, and we'll talk about how that was impacted by by COVID, um, how did you go about exploring career options? Did you, you said you've always thought you wanted to study law, but did you think you'd end up wanting to be a commercial lawyer or indeed a lawyer of any type? Um, I think, I don't know about most people, but definitely I came to uh, law school thinking that I was going to end up doing like criminal law or something like that so that's what you see on the tv that's what looks the most fun I ended up hating criminal law right so that's for a spanner in the works um, but I loved public law so I did all of my optional modules that I did in second and third year were all public law related constitutional related and um, I wanted to I, I wanted to be a solicitor because I wanted more of a client focused job um, but when it came to like actually considering what sort of firm to go to, I wanted a firm that obviously had lots of opportunities there, um, but also had like a really good public law team. And, you know, DLA Piper just fit all the boxes because I think for a long time, commercial law firms sort of ignored public law. And then Brexit happened and then COVID happened and all of a sudden they realised it was something that they just had to be doing, something that all their clients wanted them to be doing. And DLA got ahead of the curve on that. So, yeah, I am very happy with DLA. It's a very good match for me. Well, it sounds like it was. Um, and actually, just before we move on about um, what happened to you in your second and third years of study, uh, you know, did you know any lawyers before you'd gone to university? You know, how, how did you find that whole sort of networking bit? Because I think it I think it does worry people um, who've never had access to law, but they're interested in becoming a lawyer. How do you find out if you're going to be any good at it? So what was your experience? I had literally never met a lawyer before I came to King's, Um, never done work experience in a law firm. I was speaking to people the other day who did work experience at law firms when they were in like year 10 or something. I did mine in a swimming pool, so it's slightly different. Um, But yeah, I always just thought, because I always felt that it was going to be a good match for me, I didn't really worry that much about 
whether or not I was going to be good at it because I just felt that it's something that I just really wanted to do. Um, but networking was a big step because obviously I just never been doing any of that sort of stuff before. And I wasn't very good at it at the start, I'll be honest, but it's something that you just pick up over time. The more people you meet and, you know, there are so many opportunities in London and at King's to meet so many different people. So it's something that just now it comes very naturally to me. Like I just love meeting new people, getting to know them, getting to understand their work as well. So it was a very big step, but it just comes naturally after a while. Yeah, so that is, it is a skill you have to practice, isn't it? And you do hone it and become more confident. Um, so I alluded to the fact that that, that your life changed um, significantly in the, your second and third years of study. Um, they were severely impacted when you suddenly developed a long term health condition. Really interested to understand from you, Kai, but you know, what have you learned about yourself as a result of that period in your life? Because things did change dramatically for you, didn't they? Um, yeah, I mean, they literally changed overnight. I was, you know, in bed one night. I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd have a shower, Let's see if that would happen. I just couldn't stand up. Right. Um, so they did, like, honestly just change completely overnight. But I think when you're going through something like that, like, it's, it, on paper, it's very scary. Like, all my friends and family were, you know, incredibly worried. But to me, it was just something that was happening. Like, you don't really have time to focus on it. And so I spent a lot of time in hospital. And... You know, the one thing that took my mind off of everything was studying for exams and studying law. And so I'd just sit there with my, like, surrounded by my textbooks on my bed in the ward. And the nurses would give me, like, pieces of paper and, like, random pens that they'd found because I was always running out. And so I think the main thing that it taught me at the very beginning, at least, while I was waiting for, like, the process to be diagnosed and discharged from hospital, things like that, um, it just reaffirmed how much I actually enjoy law mm. and you know looking back I think I feel like I do owe law a lot for getting me through that period um, because like I said when you're going through it it just feels like something you have to do like you have to go to this appointment you have to have this test but looking back it was you know an incredibly difficult time it was quite scary um, but law got me through it so I feel like I do owe it a lot but it also showed me that I did have like really big self-esteem issues um, beforehand. Um, but now I just feel that like life is way too short for that. Like mm. if if I can go through all of that and still like still be me and still be enjoying life and still being good at what I do, then there's no need to be like shy or there's no need to be insecure. So just take every opportunity that comes my way. And I definitely have been doing that ever since. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't a nice thing to go through, but in a way, I'm very glad that it happened. Yeah, it sounds like your studies gave you a focal point when perhaps everything else was very unknown. But that was something you you did know a little bit about and it, it gave yeah. you a structure to your day by the sounds of it. But let's talk about your future employer, DLL Piper, not least because you met them through an event run by MyPlus Consultant. So we should probably explain what MyPlus Consultant is. So do you do you want to kick off with that and then tell us about how you were introduced to them? Sure. So I was I first heard about uh, MyPlus through an email that the law school sent around and it was um, an event called Explore the Law for students with long term health conditions, disabilities, things like that. And it was a chance to go and understand, you know, how your disability can affect um, your life in the workplace, your applications and um, to meet prospective employers. So I went and 
you know, it was, it was quite odd being in a, in a room surrounded by people and you're looking around and obviously, you know, everyone there has got a long term health condition, um, but you don't know what it is. Um, you don't know what what you should be doing there. You don't feel that maybe you don't fit in as much as other people do. Um, but yeah, it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. Helen, who runs My Plus, is an absolute gem of a human being. Mm -hmm. And I have so much gratitude and respect for her because that event, um, that was while I was applying for vacation schemes. That was while I was applying for, um, I applied for mini pupillages as well, just to see if maybe Barrister was something I wanted to do and to gain some experience um, that way. And it was so enlightening as to how to disclose a disability. This is something that I had for about six months at this point. Mm. So I was having to learn what some people there had learned, you know, throughout their entire life. Um, but yeah, I met DLA and Firstly, I was just very grateful to all of the law firms for showing up. Um, but, you know, DLA uh, stood out to me. I had met them very briefly at the law fair in first year and they stuck in my mind because the recruitment lady who was working there, she spoke to me for about 10 minutes about karaoke. <laughs> That's something that no other firm was doing. Um, but yeah, it was. So I met DLA and I got to know their application process and I got to understand that you know because i felt like at that point that my disability was a barrier yeah. and i felt that it was something that would stop me from doing the work that i wanted to do especially you know the reputation of commercial law as being you know incredibly long hours incredibly hard work um so i was very very nervous but yeah. they and the entire event just showed me that it's a process like you have to you know jump through certain hoops and there are times when you know you do need to ask for help and there are times that you do need to disclose your disability and how it affects everything and yeah so DLA just really stood out to me first of all ju just the fact that they showed up and they were participating in that you know amazing event but also um, just how willing they were to listen and give me advice about mm. things that I was still learning about and I was still very unsure about. Yeah. Um, what would you say to um, somebody listening to this podcast today who has received a similar email about my plus events and who might be thinking, well, why should I bother? What, what would you say to them? I would say absolutely go. I mean, I went in my second year of uni. I was invited back in my third year to go to the networking event as a representative of DLA. Then this year, so one year after leaving uni, I was invited back to speak on a panel. Um, as a future trainee solicitor. So first of all, you'll get to meet me. Um, <laughs> it's it's such an incredibly helpful event. You learn so many skills. You learn things that you might not have thought about before. I learned like how to disclose my disability, which was a really big thing for me because I just didn't know how to talk about it to my friends and family, let alone a future employer. And it shows that, you know, the world of commercial law looking on the outside looking in it looks terrifying it looks impossible but now that i'm you know sort of on the inside i'm on the other side of that it's you know the explore the law event just showed how how much law firms need to care about this sort of thing yeah. and how much they want to care and they want to do right by their applicants and their employees and you know dla showed me that they um, more than capable of doing all of that. So definitely, definitely go to that event. And you'll meet Helen, who is an absolute gem and who, like I said, I just have so much respect and gratitude for. Yeah, well, um, I would totally agree with you. I've known Helen Cook for a very long time and she does run a very impressive organisation and she really cares and she gets it, which is so important. You've already touched upon this, so you might not have much more to say, but 
what are the pros and cons in your mind about disclosing a disability or a long-term health condition during an application and assessment process? Because I know lots of students do agonise over this and we spend a lot of time with people, you know, giving them some guidance. But for somebody who's had to do that, what are your views? I think the biggest thing that I was nervous about was because this was still at a time when I was still being diagnosed with new things. Mm. Um, and I was still having to learn about, you know, my conditions. And so I, it was a question I asked to explore the law. I said, have you ever had an applicant who has all these conditions and you just think it's not worth the hassle? It's mm. too much effort to make these adjustments. And all of the lawyers there said, absolutely not. Like if anything, they enjoy the challenge. They enjoy like the problem solving aspect of it, like if anything. And so that was the biggest thing for me. Like I just didn't want to look like a burden before I'd even started work there. Because I think if you, the, the perception is once you start applying, they look at you and they think you have a lot to offer, but you're also going to be a big drain on the firm's resources. Mm. But that is just completely, you know, the opposite of the reality. So I think that's the only drawback I could think of. And also just, you know, the nerves about it and the anxiety about having to tell something that might be incredibly personal to someone you don't know. Um, but because I was able, thanks to the Explore the Law event, I was able to disclose my disability to DLA. Um, they just went out of their way completely to make sure that I was happy and comfortable. And so one of the big things that I asked for throughout the assessment process was, can you tell the assessors in advance, the interviewers in advance, the people who will be evaluating me in advance of my health condition? Because I was on crutches at the time, but there was also like all of the you know, invisible symptoms that they couldn't see, but that still affected how I was going to be performing. And I just wanted them to know that sometimes I trip over my words. Sometimes it takes me a long time to find a word. Um, sometimes, like, I'll be honest, I just look plain stupid, but that's not me. That's not me being stupid. That's just mm. you know how my disability pre uh, presents itself. Um, and yeah, DLA just went out of their way to make sure that I was going to be okay. They gave me the extra time that I asked for. They um, let me arrange the day how I wanted it to be. So everyone had to do a group activity at the beginning, but then there was possibility of, do you want to have an interview first? Do you want to do your presentation first? So they took that into account. Um, they had they called me throughout the um, vacation scheme just to check in on me, see how I was doing, because it was a virtual vacation scheme, which I mm. think you can ask about later. Yes. Um, and just to see how I was doing, remind me to take any breaks I need. Um, if I just needed to get up, take a stretch, you know, that was fine. And then since they've offered me the uh, training contract, they've still been in touch. I have calls with Miriam, their graduate programme lead, to talk through how, you know, disabilities work in the workplace. I've never worked in an office before. I've never worked for a law firm before. So we've had all these conversations about how it works, the sort of things that I'm going to need in the workplace. And it if anything, it's just incredibly reduced any anxiety I have about starting. I was very anxious about starting and now I just can't wait because I know that they're going to be there to support me through it all. Mm. And I imagine that you'll be learning together to a certain extent, yeah. but it's so great to hear that you've had that support from them. Um, and should also say if anybody is worried about disclosing or, you know, choosing not to they should you know reach out for two organizations like my plus i mean they focus on law but they also focus on many other sectors um and also we've got lots of resources and, and obviously expertise within universities to support people you mentioned about your vacation scheme there 
and you were you fell into that category of student very sadly when you thought it was going to be in person and then the pandemic put paid to that so everything switched to a virtual scheme and i believe that it also shortened in duration as well i think that some schemes will remain virtual for quite some time so what advice do you have for students who secure virtual work experience opportunities? How, how should they navigate that? It is a very different skill set. Uh, people may have to get used to very quickly. Yeah, it was it was disappointing um, being told it would be three weeks in person in the London office, one week of just induction, getting to know everything, getting to know the firm, and then two weeks in two different departments. And so shortened to one week just induction. Um, which was disappointing because I really wanted to be able to go into the office and meet people and learn like how a law firm actually works. Um, but I think the biggest drawback of a virtual scheme is that you don't get to meet people at, at the office. Like you'll be with your cohort, but it's very, very, um, it's quite isolated from the rest of the firm. Mm. You're not just in the hubbub of the office. You're not just walking past people in the corridor. Um, the people from the firm that come there, they have to dial in, they have to be yeah. asked, they have to be invited, given the password, things like that. So you're not just like brushing shoulders with people and getting to meet, you know, potentially your future colleagues. And that was the one thing that I found quite difficult about it. But I was lucky enough to have an amazing buddy. Um, I think a lot of law firms do this in vacation schemes. They pair the um, intern with an existing lawyer. And, you know, I asked him for a lot of help. I asked him, like, I'm really interested in public law. Can you put me in touch with someone in the in the government affairs department, in the regulatory team, um, so I can have calls with them to understand their work? Because, you know, ordinarily I would have been in the office. I would have been in that department working. Um, so I had, like, lots and lots of calls. And since they offered me the training contract, I've, you know, continued that because we've only had one in-person event since, mm -hmm. since, um, well, since the assessment centre, there's only been one in-person event. And was that in the office? Did you actually get to go in the office for the first time? I actually went to the Manchester office for the right. assessment centre. So this was my first time in the London office right. <laughs> for this in-person event. I think it was a, a month or two ago. Mm. Um, so it was quite jarring being offered a job and accepting a job and not knowing what where you're going to be working. Yes, yes. Um, but we got a tour during that event, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I would just say if you if you're given a virtual uh, vacation scheme, it's there are aspects that are going to be disappointing. And, you know, as much as the law firm will try and mitigate that, it's just a fact of life at the minute. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't stop you from reaching out, making all these connections with different people, learning about the firm and learning about the departments and the work. And, you know, at DLA, especially everyone who I've asked a question for has been more than happy to take me for a coffee, to invite me into the office for a chat, to have a call with me just so I can learn more about, you know, that department and see if that's going to be a good fit for me. So, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. And it is really helpful to to get that practical advice for students um, as we navigate these uh, these very strange times. So my sort of final question about DLA is what are you most looking forward to about working there? Oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm honestly just looking forward to actually doing something again yes um because the lpc is so artificial in the fact that you're advising clients that just don't exist you're working on problems that aren't real so i just want to be doing something that has a tangible effect i think that's what i'm most looking forward to just doing something that you can say hey look i did that
Yeah, well, that sounds good. And it won't be too long before you get started on it. It's not that far away, is it? Um, I know that you were keen to talk about the Media Freedom Project. So tell us about, about that project, what it involved and, and what you got up to on it. So this was another random email that I got from the law school saying they're doing a Media Freedom Project. Um, feel free to apply if that's something you want to work on. So I applied and I got in. And it was led by Philippa Webb and Rosanna uh, Garcia-Dia from the public international team at King's. And basically, for the first year that I did it, we were writing reports. We were investigating um, defamation and misinformation and disinformation around the world, um, seeing what worked well, seeing what didn't work well, um, and you know, just trying to find the very best practice that protected journalists, because obviously. Like when you look at things, I mean, Maria Ressa just won the Nobel Peace Prize for her uh, journalism. But the amount of you know stress that she's been under, she's been in prison, under house arrest, all of this stuff. So we wanted to be able to say to governments, this is what a good law looks like. This is how you tackle misinformation or disinformation and not stop the press doing what they need to be doing, not stop them reporting the truth. So that's the big risk with, you know, when, who becomes the arbiter of the truth? And that was one of the biggest questions that we had to address. So it was very, very intimidating at the start, thinking like I'm, I'm going to have to get to grips with some of the biggest questions that, you know, presidents and prime ministers around the world don't know the answers to. Um, but it was such an incredible experience that like we were working with, you know, an incredible team at Kings um, of students who, you know, were just amazing people and who I thoroughly enjoyed working with. And then um, in my third year at uni, so my second year working on the project, um, we had already written the reports from the first year. And then we started to really interrogate, you know, how it would work in practice. So we got to, we got to meet, um, we got to meet Maria Ressa, which was awesome. Got to uh, ask her about her work and try and like find, punch holes in our work basically mm. to find what didn't work. Because this is something that, like, it was led by Lord Newberger and Amal Clooney. It was being commissioned by governments, and governments were asking us our opinion on things, and so we needed it to be watertight. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was such an incredible experience. I got to meet one of my personal heroes, David Kay, who was the UN Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Expression. He's an amazing guy. Um, and, yeah, it just, it was an incredible opportunity for a law student to be working on something just so incredibly important, so tangible that um, I think a lot of students, at a lot of universities just don't get the, that opportunity. So it's one of the major benefits of King's being such an international institution and giving such incredible opportunities for the students to actually do things that matter and do things that change the world. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, I, I, I sometimes see emails coming around to the law students and I, like you, are so impressed with the type of things that are offered to students. So um, my message to them, and I hope you'd agree, is get yourself involved, even yeah. if you're not quite sure what's involved. Mm -hmm, definitely. Did it give you something to write about on applications and talk about at interviews as well? Or did it yeah. come too early in the process for you? No, absolutely. I talked about it a lot at my interviews. Um, for DLA, when you apply, you have to write a commercial awareness, um, answer a commercial awareness question, about a news story that interested you. So because I've been working on a media freedom project and my focus was on misinformation and disinformation, one of the things that I was having to research a lot and think about a lot was 
the impact of social media regulation? Should the government be regulating social media or should social media be regulating themselves? And so that's what I wrote about in my commercial awareness question. And um, that was something I talked a lot about that interview because, you know, it's, it feels weird to say it, but at that point I was probably um, along with my team members, we were probably, you know, some of the most educated people in the world on these issues. Yes. And so it was, I think it was just a brilliant opportunity to say like, I'm, I'm very, very smart about this sort of stuff. Mm. And mm. this is what I think DLA should be doing about it. Well, so, I yeah. could definitely hear the the passion and enthusiasm you still have about this. And, it, and it's a great example to use about commercial awareness, actually, because I know lots of students who I meet with and my colleagues meet with, they worry about, you know, should I be talking about a deal that the firm's done? Should I be talking about something that's really topical in the press? But it just goes to show you've developed an interest through a project and you're able to work that into um, discussions at an interview. So it's a really, really great piece of advice there, I think, about getting involved and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, into, as you know, King's is a, a, is a large organisation. It has lots of different things that students could get involved with, as we've just been talking about. What would you encourage students to get involved with um, outside of their studies? And, and why would you encourage them to do that? Well, I mean, through I had six months of, of proper uni, I describe it as six months and then I developed a disability so I couldn't go out. I couldn't socialise as much. And then obviously lockdown. Yes. Um, so looking back, I do regret not getting involved a lot more in the first six months because I always thought there's always next year. Yeah. Of course, there wasn't always next year. Um, I would definitely recommend if you live in student halls, that's where I've made some of my absolute best friends that I, you know, still adore to this day. Um, so just like talk to the people that you're living with, talk to the people in the building, talk to the people on your course. Um, I have so much respect for some of the people on my course and we help each other out. We might not have been the best of friends at uni, but we still help each other out when we have problems because we we're all going through the same thing, right? Yeah. We were all going through, you know, law school, which is incredibly tough. We were all going through a pandemic and law school, which is even worse. Mm. Um, so definitely just try and meet as many people as you can, whether you do that through societies. I didn't really join many societies. Um, but whether you do that through societies or whether you do that through events that the law school run, um, you know, just all sorts of things. There are so many opportunities just to meet people. And I say that's the most valuable thing. Aside from the degree, that's the most valuable thing that you'll get out of Kings is just the incredible people that you'll meet, that you'll, you know, stay in touch with for, for a long time after. Yeah, it's a great piece of advice. Um, and so I've got to finish my final question for you. Time has gone so quickly. What is your top tip for how to approach your career journey with confidence, Kai? I would say just know what you're after. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to join law school thinking I want to be, you know, an M&A lawyer. I want to be working in, you know, the real estate team because you know that's a little unrealistic if you if you've never studied these subjects before and like I said I wanted to go into crime and I ended up absolutely hating crime and um, so it, it's, it's not so much about having like a specific path it's just knowing where your interests lie knowing what you're passionate about so there are things that I really really care about um, that I know that 
that's the, the path I want to lead. I don't know where it will take me, but I know as long as I'm like sticking with things like public law that I'm really, really interested in, really excited about, that I know that if I continue following the interests that I have and the things that I'm passionate about and things that I care about, I know that it will take me somewhere good. So I think that's the main piece of advice. Just understand your motivation for, for being there and then just follow that wherever it might take you. And don't be disappointed along the way because I've been rejected more times than I can count and things seem to work out for me in the end. So I'm sure they will for everyone else. Thank you so much, Kai. That's a really great piece of advice. Um, I totally agree with it. Um, before I let you go, though, I want to remind our listeners that we'll be, we'll be back soon with a new episode of Let's Talk Law, where we'll gain some more insights into life beyond Kings. But in the meantime, on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful chatting with you, hearing your story. Uh, I think, you know, you've made some really interesting and valid points about how to approach careers and also how to approach adversity which you know we all go through um, at various stages in our lives so we really wish you all the very best for the rest of your studies and uh, when you finally get to start at DLA uh, don't be a stranger we hope to welcome you back to King's a lot over the coming years but thank you so much Kai we really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you for having me.